Fierce Fan Media. 80 people. Not a single one of them had anything nice to say. Okay, hang on. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Wind Down. I am Jackie D, the literary lesbian. I'm Stacy, the political princess. I'm Julie, the not-so-lipstick lesbian. And we are killing it tonight, folks. We're your hosts tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> killing it. One killing after it. another. Okay. So what are you talking about, Joel? Uh, I mean, what? who's drinking? I'm drinking just regular. I'm drinking TJ's boxed wine. The oh. black red. I had it a few. I don't remember the last time I had it. And I was. So there's really only one boxed wine that I like. And it's that black box. Oh, at yeah. Target. Yeah. That's like decent. That's pretty good. And I remember last time I had this one, I was like, I just don't really like the taste. But this time I got, I think I had gotten the cab, but I got oh. the Pinot Noir this time. And it's actually mm-hmm. really good. Pinot I don't have the hangover. Noir. I don't have like any of the things. So um, nice for, for 12 bucks. God, I just wish Trader Joe's was closer. And it's not you like on my way home from work anymore. So it's so <laughs> frustrating. And I know that sounds stupid to complain because it's literally like what a ten minute drive. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the only thing I don't—it's not even the distance that irritates me. It's that they put like four of the most popular places in one parking lot, and it's parking impossible lot? to park there. That parking lot's like the seventh circle of hell. Yeah, it shares a parking lot with In and Out, which is just like—it's like In and Out, Chipotle, Crumble Cookie. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. just—it could not be worse. Tinders and right. PJs. I, I would wait in an hour and a half line for people do. People do, and they you do. Know yeah. and they Come block a bunch day. of parking spots while they do it, which yeah. is super annoying. Yeah, you know their their cheeseburgers and French fries are just they're worth they're, it. Their French um, fries are awful. Yeah. Their cheeseburgers are good. Yeah, uh, you know we what? Went, I prefer Shake Shack. In a super long line for In and Out, and they were both like, "Why are we doing this?" I was like, just you wait. maybe i'm just spoiled because i have such free access to it i really prefer shake shack i only go to in and out when people are visiting yeah you gotta go to in and out it's like a touristy thing to do now nations that's so funny nations nations all right great all right grandma (laughs) yeah nations i don't even know if nations still exist (laughs) Yeah, there's one. I'm just saying. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's called Wendy's now. Well, it was no, nation. not Nation. We have Nation. Yeah, Nations. I it's love like a diner. It. They have pie. Five Guys is good. Nations. Oh, Five Guys is really good. I like Five Guys. We have Shake Shack out here. I've never been there. All right. Oh, I love Shake Shack. Why don't we get on a topic? Okay. Can we talk about Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think it's so sad. Why don't you tell people what it's about first? <laughs> well, I should have probably done more research, but from what I could gather, um, but what from what I could gather from the news this morning was that TikTok. You mean TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it was news. It was it was live news on TikTok. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The Rolling Stone magazine interviewed eighty people. That would then now granted they were previous employees, they weren't mm-hmm. current employees, and not a single one of them had anything good to say about working there. Yeah, is he always wasted or something? Yeah, I, so here's I feel here's both ways about I it. I feel like the whole Ellen DeGeneres show kind of sparked something in people. Um, and I think. My personal feeling is work fucking sucks. Nobody wants to go to work. And sometimes your boss is not going to be in a good mood. And sometimes they might talk shit or have an attitude. And sometimes you're going to do things that you don't want to fucking do, even if it's for the Tonight Show. Yeah. And I just think we've yeah. got so I, I, I hate using the word like, I don't know what the right word is. It's not sensitive. It's not emotional. But I think we've gotten to like particular it's a fucking job and you're working. Well, if, here's if, the thing if, that's if you're not being harassed or assaulted or you know being talked down to, it's it's not every day is gonna be perfect. But I don't know how to put that into words. Like I kind of don't know what I'm trying to say. Like 
I think the hard part is like we can talk about some of their like like some of the accusations that are in the Rolling Stone magazine is like obviously those workplaces are going to be so different than like what you consider a normal workplace but like having right. work slash work in a toxic environment um that can really take a toll on you and so I know there were a, first of all were a lot of accusations and like references to him being drunk spending a lot of time with John Mulaney who famously has a cocaine problem um Jimmy probably on cocaine also um I remember at the time there was that weird thing where he like almost cut his finger or his thumb off or something and I remember reading at the time about that being alcohol related or something so I think there's a definite not that I'm justifying any of it, but it seems like there's a lot of tie-ins to drugs and alcohol that his behavior was erratic and inconsistent. Like it was going to be a good Jimmy day or a bad Jimmy day. Um, but so it sounds like there was like a lot of tension. He'd have outbursts when it was a bad Jimmy day and he'd forget things if he was drunk. And obviously like when your staff is, you know, saying they want to kill themselves and referring to the guest dressing rooms as crying rooms because that's where they go when they're upset because of mistreatment and stuff. Like, that's really a lot. And I think it's hard. We talked about this when we talked about Lizzo. I don't know how clear it is in some of these situations that the star of the thing is the boss. And I think a lot of times you're not lashing out at someone in particular but you're just erratic that puts everybody else sort of on alert and and people like that sort of tension is like transferable and so I think just having that sort of inconsistency is really detrimental to everybody being there I did see that like they had nine showrunners in nine years and that's crazy that's like having nine CEOs in nine years like that's absolutely wild but it does say that they're that they've had the same one for like the last three or four years and that things were much much more stable but again who knows I could just use PR but my guess is gonna be what we see of Jimmy Fallon is likable funny Saturday Night Live Tonight Show guy nobody can be that all the time well, that's kind of what irritated me about it. So people on TikTok. Kind of like and, with Ellen. You can't be nice sunshine, like dancing around 24-7. People were like, they had to make cuts with certain things because Jimmy wasn't, you know, being Jimmy and super. I'm like, well, yeah, that's his TV personality. That doesn't mean he, uh, he maybe he was having anxiety that day or having others or maybe he just didn't want to fucking be there that day <laughs> like you know like I, you don't know what people are going it's through it's so complicated because I really do think there's a big portion of it and just from what I can recall at the time that is drug and alcohol related like I think it, that's been made pretty clear it brings me back to what Jack said that we idolize these people mm -hmm. and hold them up on this pedestal that they have to act a certain way every single time they're in front of the camera and every single time they're in front of people. And it's like, they're just people. Well, we like, don't even just do that with celebrities. I mean, I'll use myself as an example. Like I have a pretty outgoing, good natured, smiley personality. And if I'm feeling not great or if I'm feeling anxious or am I'm having a rough day it's like not allowed to have a rough day somebody's in a bad mood or kind of a grumpy person they can be grumpy all the time but if I'm grumpy it like that affects people and I can't be grumpy and I can't be in a bad mood and that's really hard yeah I think we put too much pressure on celebrities to be perfect and be in their character all the time and I, I don't I don't know that that's what happened with Jimmy Fallon or whatever's going on, but I think that people expect too much for him I to be his, his TV personality. Twenty, I felt the same way about when this all all this was happening with Ellen, and obviously she she had other shit going on behind the right. scenes. Right. 
you know, but. But I think it's interesting too, because like they've joked about it, like on different shows, like on 30 Rock and stuff, like NBC has pretty like, like they have a pretty solid HR department, I think, um, right. like within NBC Universal. So for me, it's just like, I feel like sometimes like someone like Jimmy Fallon, like you're not, it's like, you're not stepping in to deal with that or making it clear either this person's the star I don't think the star should be the boss is what I'm saying. I was just right. actually going to say that. I, I think, Julie, I think you're right. And there's also his, his job is to be the talent, right? He's hired to be the funny guy and he's hired to interview people in like a, a funny way. And I, I think, and we're seeing that that's being highlighted right now with like this writer strike that's taking place also. And these, these studios television or movie or whatever in this case television they're all about money which i mean they're a business but they're they're people yeah. are also capital right but mm -hmm. it, it's they place so much emphasis on squeezing every last dime out of every show that's on television they often don't take the proper precautions or the proper consideration when it comes to how they're going to establish their workplace and if right. jimmy is hired to be the talent he should not also be the boss. There has to be a buffer in between there that deals with the day-to-day -day if that person is not capable of it. And if that person is making, like, I, I don't think anyone, yes, do we all have bad days at work where we want to pull our hair out? Of course. Of course we do because we all have relatively stressful jobs and things happen and you can't control people. But if you know and you're seeing a pattern of misbehavior from your talent, there has to be buffers put in place if you're not willing to relinqu relinquish his place in your yeah. TV show. So like, like you were saying, Stacey, the, the showrunners, there should probably also be an additional layer in between that, between the showrunners and then the personnel too, because right. you, you do have to, it is the Jimmy Fallon show. And I know right, it's really easy. Creative for, uh, control. Totally. Well, it's also really easy for, for us who aren't familiar or involved in the business to just be like, he can't be, he, people should just quit if they don't like it. Those jobs right. are becoming yeah. increasingly more and more difficult to get. And having any type of tenure on something like the Jimmy Fallon show could put you in a position to be at a higher place. Oh, absolutely. It, you have to be careful with your career also when you're choosing those things. Now, I also don't think you should have to sacrifice your mental health for your, no. you know, having the ability to put it on your resume. They just need to create a bigger care. What this really comes down to is capitalism is breaking people. Yeah. The TV studios don't want to pay the extra money to have someone who specializes and is an expert in management managing these places. So they let a fucking comedian who has zero qualifications to manage a staff of 80, 90, 100 people at any given time mm -hmm. run amok. Like right. Jimmy Fallon clearly has some issues. And you know what? Part of those are probably because he has to come in and manage day-to-day -day operations <laughs> of a show that he has no business managing. Right. Well, I, I think, I think too, though, the, too, though, for the people that get hired onto these huge shows, you would think that they would have experience to get trained to having realistic expectations. Jimmy Fallon is not going to have the same reaction to you who's in charge of the boom you know, or, or whatever that he has when he's on stage and Justin Bieber walks out. Like <laughs> it's, right. it's not going to be I, this high. How are you doing? Like, it's impossible for somebody to function on, on that high of level of excitement barriers. But right. that's the thing. Like they're willing, I think the higher ups are always willing to put up with a little bit of that. Like Jackie said, because you got to keep your star. And so so I think like with Ellen, Ellen, it was, a, it seemed to be a little bit more of like, oh, she's a mean, nasty person with Jimmy. I think it was the inconsistency of him coming in drunk or high. And now you're lashing out. Now you're doing this. So on that end, it's like, okay, NBC, why aren't we stepping in? Like, that's not a secret. Look at John Mulaney. John Mulaney was actively working on Seth Meyers show during covid while he was like like totally had relapsed and was like using insane amounts of cocaine that's what i was gonna say what amazing late night tv personality is probably not actively using probably, probably yeah i don't think a lot of them are like 
It's interesting. I don't know. Have you guys listened to or heard of Strike Force Five? No. Okay. So this is one thing that I think is really good that they're all doing. First of all, like before I explain it, like Jackie, like you said about, you know, not wanting to, you know, capitalism getting away and the studios don't want to pay for that. The studios don't even want to pay the actors or the writers living wages, which mm-hmm. is why they're all on strike right now. So Strike Force Five is a podcast on Spotify. And it is Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, John Oliver, Seth Meyers, and Stephen Colbert. And say they are doing this podcast during the strike. And it's being sponsored by like Ryan Reynolds, like through Mint and through his aviation vodka and all that kind of stuff. They advertise for it. And they're taking all of the money from that podcast and using it to pay their employees through the strike. Oh, cool. So, Which is funny because Jimmy Fallon did it. He was the first one to cut people during the pandemic. Right. And so, you know, they still have, really? still have, they have, they have, they were talking, you know, I know you mentioned staff numbers. They were talking, most of them have staff like between two and 300 people. And so, and so I'm sure NBC was cutting, was cutting people, but they're doing this podcast just for the sole purpose of being able to pay their staff salaries during the strike. And so I think that's an awesome thing that they're, that they're doing. And so, um, and so it's hard because it's like, I don't want it to take away. I wish this news had come out at a different time because I want them to do this podcast and be successful so they can pay their staff and they don't have to let people go during the strike, especially since it seems like a lot of these allegations were like pre COVID allegations about Jimmy Fallon. Not that that Mm -hmm. makes it okay, Mm -hmm. But from everything I've read, it's been right. like the, the showrunner that they have currently like really came in and turned things around. Right. Let's talk about the writer's strike for a minute because they don't. Yeah. Well, it's not just the writers. It's writers. It's SAG-AFTRA. It's, it's right. But everyone. Let's talk about what the implications are, because mm-hmm. I, I don't think people realize what they're actually striking for. And I think there's a huge misconception of like what. like it's millionaires that are complaining it's not like 0.1 percent of the people in hollywood make those types of salaries and they exist of course they exist right like there's some famous actors and writers that can pull that kind of money but that's not the majority of people that exist in in los angeles but i don't think people realize this writer strike is also going to mean and I'm saying this as a reason to be supportive. If you're thinking like, oh, yeah. what a bunch of crybabies. Your shows aren't coming back this fall, guys. They're no, not they're not back. even coming. They're not coming back. Like, they're not filming. So some right. of them have already announced dates of like, not in 2024, maybe halfway through 2025. Right. So one of the, one of the stipulations that they're trying to regulate right now is that the movie studios were essentially threatening to cut writers and have AI do the writing. Mm-hmm. And then they would have like one writer in the room going through the AI and fixing it, like making it more palatable for the, for the average consumer. What I don't think people realize is what kind of like a juggernaut Hollywood actually is in our everyday society. And we're talking from politics to culture wars, to, to uh, gun control, to all of these little avenues that, that we don't even comprehend. Like, one of the reasons that the the gay rights movement swung the way it did was because of representation in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons that we're able to look into the lives of people of color that we may not have any access to is because of Hollywood. And one of the reasons that we have a more in-depth understanding of everything from addiction to, to gun control to wars is because of, because of Hollywood and like the personal effect that it has on people. So I, People often write off, you know, movies and television as just a bunch of spoiled little crybabies, but you're talking about the storytellers of our generation and, and, and generations for the last 125 years, like the people who used to travel around from tribe to tribe telling stories of our lived history now exist on, on a screen. Right. So this has been around since, I mean, the Bible is essentially the longest written script that nobody should ever read again. Like it's, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like storytellers have existed since humans were able to articulate their thoughts and feelings. And this is just, the 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 media like presentation mm-hmm. that they give now but well, if, think- if you were to go to ai 
and you had one writer in a room, you're talking about representation dwindling to essentially Nepo babies. Totally. You'll have one white guy in one room trying to tell a story of kids who grew up in Harlem or one white guy in one room trying to tell a story about trans individuals. Like the, the impact that this will have on our storytelling and the actual mirror it's that it huge. holds up. It's huge. Well, it's fucking huge. The one thing, the last time that the Writers Guild went on strike was over um, residuals for online content. And so that's when, you know, having like web shorts and things like that for shows was getting super, super popular. So all of these big studios have all of this online content for these shows and the writers weren't being paid for that, which is absolutely, it's absolutely insane. And so where we're at now, WGA, the Writers Guild, that's sort of their big complaint. SAG-AFTRA, which is, that is, that, well, yeah, so it, it was the Screen Actors Guild and the American Film and ra or Radio and Television Actors or something, those two uh, unions merged like a decade ago. And so SAG-AFTRA is led by Fran Drescher, the nanny, is the current president of SAG-AFTRA, which I <laughs> love. Like, how great is that, right? So what they're looking for is, so when you're a union member, there's like base compensation. And so they obviously want to have that base compensation increased. But additionally, um, the royalties that they're getting paid for some of this work is absolutely insane. Like you go and you do a job. And if you're a SAG after a member, you have to pull in a certain amount of money per, I don't know if it's like annual or if it's per month to qualify for benefits. So if those residuals are high enough and you're working steadily, then you can qualify for benefits and you're good. What's happening now is those things are like, not even close. I saw, you know, some of uh, Kamiko Glenn, who played Soso. I think we talked about this once a couple weeks ago. Um, her going over her royalties checks for uh, Orange Is the New Black, and like twenty three cents, twenty three cents. Like that's still so popular on Netflix. Netflix made so much money, and hearing these actors, and you have to stay working to stay a union member. So it's like those sort of basic protections for actors. And health insurance, right. you have to make a certain amount of money to qualify for health insurance. Totally. That's why there were so many fundraisers and stuff during COVID um, for, for working actors. And again, we're not talking about millionaires. Yeah, Those are this the ones isn't Jennifer that Aniston. Right. But they're the ones out there on the picket line. And they're the ones that are out there because because they have a lot of influence. And so obviously the faces sure. that you're going to see are going to be the big name celebrities. They're not the ones complaining about how much money they make. They're lending right. their their voice and their influence to to this fight, which is so important because they're having their, you know, uh, I think it was, I think it was Fran Drescher. She said, you know, over the last decade, your compensation has been severely eroded by the rise of streaming, the streaming ecosystem. Furthermore, artificial intelligence poses an existential threat to creative professions, and all actors and performers deserve contract language that protects them from having their identity and talent exploited without consent and pay. Totally. I totally agree. That's fair, right? I mean, yeah, yeah you're talking about people who are, you know, very much just trying to earn a living and keep insurance and make sure that, the, that, that what they do and the art that they create is not you know if it's going to be used for digital comp for digital content then they're getting paid for that if you right. know wouldn't you want to be paid for work completed right <laughs> the royalties for streaming should be so much higher than they are and here's the thing streaming was not as popular you know even even if you look at pre-covid right i feel like streaming services were things that people had in addition to cable now yeah. how many people that do you know that have all streaming services and no cable literally everyone right so everyone it would I make know. sense that royalties would be higher from a streaming service than they would and they're not and so these these um production companies and these big studios they need to just get with the times like technology changes and time changes and and they need to get with it and they need to be paying these people a living wage totally 
everyone should be paying everyone a living wage and and stop with the with the greed of it all well and previously the last writer strike only lasted 100 days and this one has surpassed that yeah i think they're at like day 500 or something or not day 500 uh what they say five months they're at five yeah. months now yeah so that's 150 days so we're talking about it's just i think i think it's real easy to write off like oh what a bunch of hollywood crybabies but that's not the people we're talking about right and also society dies without art i'm sorry if you don't agree mm -hmm. but if if you were let's say you're a plumber okay and every fifth house that you went or if if you were hired to install plumbing for for a set of uh, housing development that went in and they came back and told you okay thanks for installing it and now anytime anyone has a plumbing issue you have to come back in and fix it and we're not paying you yeah for free for free for the rest or we're gonna of, pay you for the first one but right. all the other ones that's you what did, i'm saying we paid you to you. install it yeah. and now we're not gonna pay you no one would stand for that no one would or let's take another example if you were in the military and they told you we're gonna pay you for your first deployment but your second one because you're so good at it we're not paying you for that like no right. one no one would stand for that. And I don't, I don't think that just based on what someone is creating or what someone is doing should be replication for, for services rendered. Like people are still yeah. making money. Then, then, and if that's the case, then the Beatles should stop getting royalties. Taylor Swift should stop getting royalties. Uh, Michael yeah. Jackson should stop getting royalties. Mm -hmm. Like, because he created, well, he because they created these things, but you know what I'm saying? Like art yeah. lives on. Yeah, it lives on. If if you got a, if you got rid of that mindset, there'd be no Disney. There would be no Marvel. Yeah. There would be like all of these things that you've come to love. Once it's yeah. created, if you don't continue paying them for it, no one would sign up for that. Well, You're talking about like 16 hour days. Yeah. Ruling. Yeah. Ruling. That's, that's the thing. I mean, I think the, the, it seems like, yeah, that's an awful lot of compensation and stuff, especially for those those really, really high paid actors and actresses. But when you're in situations where, yeah, like you have to do a night shoot or you have to do this, like those are, it's a long, it's long and uncomfortable and and hard work. I mean, you know, it's for all of them, like the pressure that well, comes with it, having all of that on your like especially for the writers like these are you know and they're just they are performing a profession right like that's their profession exactly. and they should be paid everyone who's working should be paid a livable wage including them well and if you consider the fact that the those that are calling them you know spoiled crybabies they're not getting paid right now Mm -hmm. consider them like the server world like if yeah. they're not working they're they're not salary i mean right. some of some of them yes they're hired by netflix or they're hired by certain entities but that's few and far in between you have to right but if they're not big name. yeah they don't have anything coming out yeah right yeah you some of them are so rich their money is just making money and they don't have to worry about it but yeah there's no for a lot of them it's gig work basically it's mm -hmm. long-term gig work and if you're not doing something and you're not selling those ads and you're not you know you don't have that happening you're not bringing anything in so so that's how important I mean, it's so it is. bad right now the number one tv show on netflix is suits i know <laughs> like how that happened it's got a new life i started watching i was gonna have i'm not watching suits you know what i'm watching which is number four on netflix right now called the midwife I will say this. I watched Suits as it was like out and airing and I thoroughly uh -huh. enjoyed it. I'm not knocking Suits. Right. I'm just saying like people what are used to on? yeah. People are used to not having new TV shows in the summertime. Like that's yeah. their schedule. Yeah. But come fall or during COVID. Oh my god, we're going to be so bored. And here's the best part of it. We're going to go back we're going to watch these shows on our streaming services and those actors aren't going to pay shit for us right. watching it. It's so that's how important it is if for they, them too. If they called for a consumer strike. strike, would you would you support it? Would you cancel your streaming services if the the writers called for it? Ugh. Do you believe in it enough? I believe in it a lot. 
<laughs> but enough to cancel your streaming <laughs> services. I would maybe see if there are any things I can still watch without contributing to the problem. Like called Midwife, which I'm obsessed with, and that's a BBC show. So I know like there's still like um like House of the Dragon is still filming because the laws are different. They're in the UK and so they're not violating the strike. So I might see if I can get around it a little bit somehow, but But if you're not canceling Netflix right. or HBO. I don't know. I would really consider it. I think I would really seriously consider it. Mm -hmm. But also me, I'm one person not going to make a difference. And I don't think very many people would feel. Mm -hmm. I don't know if nobody's. Well, so here's my thought on it. If First of all, no I, shows, I'm going to watch them all at some point. Well, I'm going to be really honest. I wouldn't cancel Disney just because I can't manage the five-year-old without Disney. Um, but I also right. think they would start to see a downtick in things like Hulu that m a lot of people utilize it for more so like live TV. They can go back and watch their shows from before. So I think you'd see a downturn mm -hmm. in Hulu. I think you'd see a downturn in Apple because Apple really only produces like their own television shows. So I do think some of them would feel the pinch of it, mm -hmm. but it's, it's like, it's kind of like the airline industry, right? They either all have to go or, or none of them. But I, right. I would, I would legitimately consider canceling everything with the exception of Disney, just because of the, the kid. The tiny human. Yeah. Yeah. I really would. She'd be like, I'm sorry, there's no more Disney because let Lincoln, let me explain to you about the studio. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. It's, it's hard enough as it is. It's hard enough. So what else is going on with you? Oh, that's such a great, such a great let's, question. Let's touch on since it's just you and me, because Julia yeah. yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Let's touch on Nancy Pelosi announcing her reelection and oh. not just because of the age, because I don't want to bore people. Cause we, had, we, Aaron and I had this conversation last week regarding, listen, I don't, I don't want to see Mitch McConnell run. I don't want to see Diane Feinstein run. This isn't a partisan no. issue for me. This no. is across the board. You all need to stop. But it is an age thing too, because I was in home goods 100%. like two weeks ago. Yeah, there was, I was in home goods like two weeks ago and there was this, lady working and she had to at least she had to have been in her 80s and i was just like what is happening in our country there that's what i mean like what is happening in our country that an 80 year old has to work yeah. anywhere let alone home goods mm -hmm. you know moving things around and i was just like i mean it just reminded me of that right i hate mitch mcconnell i know you guys already talked about this hate him i think he's a piece of shit human being do I want to watch him have TIAs on on camera? Like, no. go home, sit in a chair, enjoy what you have left of your life. Like, I don't, it, I, the whole thing makes me uncomfortable. The The amount of pressure we put on. Diane Feinstein too. Diane Feinstein too, to stay alive so the other side can't swoop in and take that power. Because poor Ruth Bader Ginsburg, man, that lady had to stay mm. She, I know, but that poor lady had to stay alive. Unpopular opinion. She could have retired when Obama was in office. She could have. She could have. She was so convinced she wanted Hillary Clinton to replace I her. Know. She wanted the first woman president. And I get it. I know. But she was thinking selfishly and totally. not. Totally. So, and listen, but I have a Ruth, I have Ruth Bader Ginsburg paraphernalia all over. Me too. So I'm do just I. Saying, so do I. But I'm saying too. I'm not a cultist. Right. The pressure for the, you have to stay in that position because a well-known name and incumbent and, you know, like, oh, like the, bullshit. The, Nancy Pelosi's in California. No, I know. She would I not know. be replaced by a Republican. Like I know but it's, it's asinine. Just, I love, I uh, listen, I'm a fan of Nancy Pelosi's. I thought she was a phenomenal speaker. I think it's time for her to retire. 100% agree. Go. Listen, we talk, we have the same conversations about NFL players. Tom Brady. Yeah. Go away. Like, right. It, Your it freaking would, brain is going to be so scrambled. Just let it go, man. You have more yeah. money than you know what to do with. Like, yeah. I, I felt the same way about, um, oh God, I'm blanking on his name right now. He, um, Green Bay Packers quarterback. Oh, Aaron Rodgers? No, no, no. Before him. What's his fucking name? 
um right you know who i'm talking about i know who you're talking about what, yeah what's his damn name i don't know i'm gonna have to look it up and he, i'm gonna feel he, stupid he wrote it out until it was absolutely yeah. fucking embarrassing for him to be in the league what was damn it you're gonna brett Favre. brett Favre. yeah i was this, gonna say the guy it's the same premise <laughs> this isn't political this is like a you're you it's time to let the new generation take over it's just it's time yeah. it's absolutely time and i do think we said this last week but i do think there has to be some type of, of cognitive test that people need to go through and there needs to be an age limit yeah. and listen i'm gonna vote for joe biden but i'm not happy that he's running again yeah I, i'm just not I'm gonna be Me honest. Neither. Like he should have did his. He should have done his one term. His one term side. One hundred percent. It feels but, selfish to me. Unpopular opinion. I I really thought that's the way it would go. I thought he did one term and then Kamala would run. I don't know what Kamala's been doing. Well, been apparently doing... there's some strife between her and Joe. So yeah, I haven't seen Kamala doing a lot, so I'm a little disappointed. Here's what I would love, I'd love for Hillary to run. No, she's too old too. No, but no, younger than Joe Biden. <laughs> I but that can't be the benchmark, right? Like no, there, there has, there <laughs> should be, there should be an age limit that, like, there's an age limit to. There's run. a minimum. There's a minimum right. age. So yeah. why can't there be a maximum age? Like you don't yeah. get to, uh, especially because a lot of the policies that they're putting in place won't even come to fruition until right. after they're out of and office. It's a four year term. So you're talking about how old is Joe Biden now? One million years old. <laughs> Give or take. Give or take. Give or take a couple of months. Yeah. I think he's 79. Okay. So let's see. So Joe Biden. Okay is 80 years old worse okay worse. He's 80 years well here's There's the a thing. reason we label things 7.99 instead of fucking eight dollars he's 80 now his birthday's in november so he'll be, so 81. He'll be That's insane. 81 this november next november it's election year he'll be 82 he'll be 82 so that means at the end he gets reelected at the end of his next term. He'll be eighty six. Yeah, it's too old. Yeah, and it's that's the old. thing. Like, I even think you know, there's a big difference between eighty right now and eighty six. Well, especially like, because then you have to you have to really seriously different. consider if this man dies in office. Yeah, what the implications of that are. And the chances of that happening at that age. I'm sorry. I, I genuinely nothing. believe that the maximum age that you can serve in office is you have to be 70 by the time you're elected and that's it. Yeah. Anything, ap that would be anything after. And I don't mean inauguration or whatever. Election day. Yeah. Like, that's the cutoff. Election day is 70. And yeah. that's it. Because then that puts you at the worst case scenario. Senators is 76. Mm -hmm. 78 for president if you do two terms no you couldn't run oh, you're again. talking in general <laughs> you couldn't run again like you you have yeah. to the age cutoff should be 70 years old well you and don't get to decide longer. shit for the future generations at that point you won't yeah. be around i just i look i like joe biden yeah he's, he's fine good. i think he's done exactly what i said he would do i think yes. he's been a palate cleanser Right. No, I don't need, need a palate. I don't need two palate cleansers in a row. I need a palate cleanser and then a meal, you know? Well, and that's not even touching on the just. But I'm going to vote for it. Well, yeah, I'm going to fucking vote Happily, for him. What's the other yeah. choice? What's the other choice? Honestly, fucking Trump or a third party. I'm not doing that. Yeah. But no. like the the amount of money that's being dumped, that's going to be dumped into this election also is insane because you're talking about the president who already has absolute name recognition and the former president who already has absolute name recognition. Plus all that bail money they got to raise for Rudy Giuliani. I mean, God, that's a lot. <laughs> I just, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that he's placing his own ego and desire to be president above what's best for the country is it just him or is it the party right i think it's him okay yeah i, I do because the party's gonna yeah, follow what he sure. says they're not gonna they're not okay. gonna buck against him no but there is when there's like mm, 
it's time to he's you changing know. he's changing the voting schedule he's changing the fucking locations like he's doing for what it just reeks of ego and like that's not what i hired joe biden to do there's right. a lot of times but, that I have to swallow my ego throughout the course of the day yeah. and do what's best for the city Listen. I work for in the department. So maybe a little check is is good for him because when I was listening to Strike Force 5, the second episode, they were talking about like the, the first episodes of their shows and they were talking about who their guests were. And Seth Meyers said for his show, his first show was the first guest was Amy Poehler. And then after Amy Poehler, the second guest was Joe Biden. And so, but at the time, Vice President Joe Biden, who was totally willing to be the second guest behind Amy Poehler. Right. Like, that's the kind of humility we need in this world, you know. And I want to see it across the board. I, and I, listen, yeah. I, I am going to vote for, let me be crystal clear. I, I'm going to vote Perfectly for Perfectly clear. Happily. Happily have my well, vote since you're the option. Begrudgingly, I'm going to of vote for Of the options. It. Of the options. But that doesn't negate the sentiment that we need to place age limits on these fucking people. Besides term limits, age limits. This is because there's also a real difference. We have the capabilities now medically, you know, scientifically to keep people alive for a significantly long time as opposed to generations before us. There's a difference between like keeping someone alive and them being like l truly living. And I think Joe Biden's in great shape. Keeping someone alive versus like, should that person be the leader of the free world? Exactly. Or can you be going to bingo? I don't care how good of shape he's in. I think he's in great shape. <laughs> he's I, in I'm phenomenal shape. Totally. I don't think he's like losing him mentally. I don't think any of those things. I also think he can rapidly decline in these years and we just shouldn't be. I mean, like one fall, one, one fall. bout of mm -hmm. COVID, one, you know. Which, like, can we talk about that for a second? That's sure. coming back. Oh, my God. Are you going to get the, another booster? I think so, yeah. I think I want to start wearing a mask again, too. Lex wears one at school. Well, yeah, she, I think I... When I say school, everyone, she works at a school. So here's why I'm not going to get the booster. And this is going to be very controversial. Okay? Oh, yeah. Okay, so... It turns out 35% of women over the age of 35 have, uh, I don't want to call it a bad reaction because I didn't like get a fever. I wasn't like, I, I didn't feel bad. I had my I period. Sick as a dog. Every I had my time. period for 45 days. Yeah. And I don't mean some like annoying trickle. Not like spotting. I'm talking about like four inch clots coming out yeah. of me for 45 days. And when I talked to my gynecologist about it, she said, yeah, it's actually common in a lot of women over 35. And it's really unfortunate that we're not doing more research on women's bodies okay. when it comes to the COVID vaccination. That being said, I don't regret getting the vaccination. Totally. I don't, I don't, I would do it all over again. And I'm still on the fence. It was just so painful. That month and a half was totally. so fucking painful. But that's so weird though, too, because it only happened that one time, right? It was my last booster. Like I didn't yeah. have it. So with my previous ones, I skipped my period right after I, I had the okay. shot. So yeah. I had had, that was like my fourth COVID shot by the time this happened, right. my fourth or fifth. I can't remember now, but I had skipped periods, but everything else was fine. This last one, the last one I got last September, the mm -hmm. last booster. I don't think I got that one. November through December, I was on my period. Yeah, see, that's fucking terrible. But then again, I'm like, is that a price to pay for keeping myself safe and my family? I Yeah. I don't know. I think we have to see how bad it gets and how sick people are getting. Like, I know, like, my brother has COVID right now. We get emails at work every time somebody, uh, you know, has COVID. They send an email. And I want to say yesterday, there were, like, four emails that got sent out just in that day. And so what I'm nervous about now and the reason I kind of want to... you never had it, right? Knock on wood. No, I have not. <laughs> Literally need to find wood. I'm, like, that superstitious about it. Um. I'm having surgery on October 9th. And so um, it was hard 
get a surgery date like really hard because I saw the doctor at the beginning of August. Well, if you have no reactions to it, why not get it? I mean, I get sick. Well, but but I know everybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the. I'm not talking about the booster. I'm just saying in general, like I might want to start wearing a mask again because it was so hard to schedule this freaking surgery because they're just so busy. And I don't know if it's a little bit of a like catch up from COVID still that so many like surgeries that got pushed out because my, you know, uh, it's not emergent, obviously. And so, um, but my appointment was in August. They emailed me like a surgery scheduling questionnaire that I had to fill out. And then they responded and they were like, we're, we're scheduling two to three months out now. Like it's basically a two to three month wait for surgery and we'll contact you when we have a data available. So I was lucky they even had anything because they were looking into like November and December. So I'm like, I don't, the last thing I want to do is like get COVID and not be able to have my surgery until like January, February. That'd be terrible. I, 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 listen, I fully we'll believe have vaccines. I fully believe in, in science. Like I believe in all that. So like if you have zero, if, if I had only had like that insane period for even two weeks, yeah, I'd probably be like totally worth it. It was just, yeah. I couldn't even also, make it to work without yeah. like, it was, yeah, it, it was awful. Tell was you what, awful. if men got periods, that'd be fixed up real quick. Well, I don't even know that there's anything to fix. Like everybody's like my hormone, every women are, are difficult. Wrong. Yeah. Right. Like I, yeah. like when I tell you one of the reasons that I wasn't concerned about it, nothing hurt. I didn't feel um, off. I yeah. like, I didn't even have cramps. Yeah. It was just a non-stop. Like yeah, that's... The, the clots that were coming out of me were Looking bonkers. Wild. Like I was telling Amy about it saying, she's like, I would have been at the ER. And I was like, sure. But I didn't feel shitty. Right. It was just yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. That's so wild. I don't know. I don't know. But so now do you, that it's been a year since I've had it, maybe it, because I got like, you know how we all got like our second vaccines and then we got our boosters right away. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll risk it. And, Cause I don't, I don't want to fucking give anyone, co- I don't want to be in the hospital with COVID. You no. know what I mean? Right. So. And that's, I think I, I think I'm curious to see like, how bad is it? And does it get terrible again? Do you think we'll have mask mandates again? No. No. I think at this point, they feel like people are aware enough of like the implications and, and the precautions that you should enact in order to avoid being really sick. And I think they're yeah. letting people, cause it's not worth, it's a, it's a political juggernaut, right? Like totally. it's not worth yeah. the fight. Yeah. So I think they're going to leave it up to people to make the decision mm-hmm that's best for themselves and their family based yeah. on their situations. I also think too, like, it's just a good reminder that like, not just COVID, but it's cold and flu season too. So like, Hey, we'll get my, you flu know what? Shot. <laughs> Let's take a page out of every other country's book. And you know yeah. what, when you're sick, stay home. Well, they, I was reading an article in the New York times this morning and I don't just mean like TikTok. I mean, legitimately the New York times <laughs> that they're going to start like, um, recommending that every year this at in the when you get your fall flu vaccine that you also just get a covid booster Mm -hmm. like and this is it's going to become part of the normal you know like vaccination yeah vaccination for those who celebrate (laughs) so i think it's just going to become part of the normal like hey every november we're going to get our flu and covid shots yeah yeah that makes sense what are you obsessed with this week Oh, okay. I am going to say I'm obsessed with Call the Midwife. Okay. I've been watching Call the Midwife on Netflix. They have very different lives. I know. It's a BBC show. I actually think you might like it. It's been on for like 12 years. It's been on forever. There's something so gentle about it. And I don't know if anybody listens, like, I don't know. Comment on our Facebook page if you watch Call the Midwife. There's something about it on our Facebook page. Oh yeah, we saw Facebook. Yeah, we have a oh. Facebook page. <laughs> That's fun. Um, isn't that cute? Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's so good. So it's about midwives in the 1950s and 60s, and so it's out of a like there's half nuns and half non-nun midwives. Um, but it's just it's so interesting and. And, but there's just this like gentle British sensibility that I just, 
it's really what's fascinating to me is what they're what they're doing and how they're providing healthcare is through a national healthcare system. And these these women are entitled to all of these midwives, you know, either, you know, whether they are just doing checks on them ahead of time or afterwards or whatever, free of charge. There's even there's even some stuff in later seasons. I mean, they're doing stuff for diabetes and they're doing all kinds of stuff. They're providing free laundry services, you know, for elderly patients and stuff for their, you know, bed linens and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, even in the 50s, other countries had this shit figured out so much better than we do currently. Sad. It's so sad. But like I said, this show, it's such a gentle watch. There are some heavy, heavy things that happen. And there's been a couple like episodes that are just such a good reminder that um access to safe and legal abortions stop like like not having access to safe and legal abortions doesn't stop abortions it stops safe and legal abortions um yeah and you know a couple episodes with like i mean these poor women just you know no birth control pill yet no, you know, just none of a lot of things and just a bunch of babies they can't take care of. So, um, but the show is, it's so good. I'm a big fan, big fan, huge. Um, sorry, I was answering my sister who apparently just like disappeared from the conversation. Um, I'm going to be really honest. I'm not really obsessed with anything. We work has just been insane. My kid's been insane. Like it's, it's been insane. So, um, we have a real big special event going on tomorrow in the town I work in. And, um, yeah, so I've just been getting ready for that. And, um, we're going to visit family in a few weeks. So that's going to be fun. And, um, yeah, that's it. So, Everybody have a great weekend or have the best weekend available to you. Yes. And we will catch you next week, probably. And maybe we'll prepare more. (laughs) Probably not. not. Yeah, probably not. Come on. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye. Fierce Fan Media.